Here we are. Yeah. What do you have? Episode three. I got an Arnold Palmer, and I think the best way to make it is you put lemonade in first, then iced tea on the top. Oh. I think that's the right way to do it. Hello, and welcome back to the Resilient Lineage podcast, where we reflect on the past, anticipate the future, and discover what God is up to today. I'm Olivia. And I'm Milo. And today we are going to be talking about fasting. The spiritual practice of fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a new book that came out recently. Yeah. Called uh, Practicing the Way by John Mark Comer. And uh, I've read a, a couple of his books. He's a pastor in Portland. Um, and uh, I think his books are really relevant for the day that we're living in and the way he talks about it. Mm. And uh, if you uh, are, are friends who are listening to this, if you haven't had a chance to check out this book, I highly encourage it. He's written some other books. Uh, another book, his last book, which is um, Live No Lies, phenomenal book. Highly recommend you read that. Um, but he, there's a whole website called practicingtheway.com where they walk through three spiritual practices to kind of roll into your life mm. as to what it means to be uh, disciples of Christ, or like he likes to say, apprentices of Christ, that we are apprenticing under Christ. Mm. Um, in that uh, topic is the topic of fasting. And Ash Wednesday's right around the corner. Exactly. Which kicks off the Lent season. And so what I thought would be good is for us to sit down and talk about this today. Yeah. Um, one of the things we always like to try to do uh, in our thinking is anchor it in scripture, mm-hmm. right? And you found the passage of scripture that we're going to go over today. You want to read it for yeah, us? Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to be in Mark 8, um, verses 34 through 35. And it says, And calling to the crowd to him... And his disciples, meaning Jesus, he said to them, If anyone would come to me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. Yeah. So not uh, not easy words. No. How? So I'd be curious to know what you think, because um, we've always attended the same church. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> we follow each other around. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and, um, so because, you know, because of that, mm-hmm. your mom and I have always prioritized churches yes. that are about lives, you know, helping us uh, live lives that will be in pursuit of Christ. So with that in mind, based upon your experience mm-hmm. uh, so far in life, what would you say the typical person would say is the point of the Christian life? Mm. I think overall, people say, follow what the Bible says, because the Bible is a list of morals that are right. But do we every day? No. Mm. And I think that's kind of everyone's belief, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, as for me, um, I because you can go into a variety of churches and a variety of denominations or even like spread from Protestant to Catholic to Mormonism. Like people believe that the Bible is the truth. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little variant depending on different like parts of Christianity, but um, definitely a rule book that we should follow. Okay, so so 
Christianity, from what you've seen so far, Christianity is kind of a um, a, a list of you 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 adhere to the Bible, and there's a list of rules that you follow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You know, I think one of the things I'm constantly surprised about uh, in my roles and responsibilities uh, yeah. with the job that I have is that, you know, I'm a minister, but I'm a minister, and I don't want to get into all of the, my context, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not a minister in a conventional way. Right. Um, and I'm constantly amazed at how people what they think it means to follow Christ is different than what I think it means to follow right. Christ. I remember one time I was at a training event uh, and as I was preparing to go through chaplain, so I was I was around a bunch of other officers uh, and, and we were go, all going through this training. So officers of all different types. Yeah. And I distinctly remember um, there was one person who was a really nice person. We got along great. Uh, we actually became friends and uh, through that training and, and kept in touch for quite a while afterwards. And, um, and, but, but from my vantage point, I didn't see this person as a quote unquote Christian. Mm. Right. And so it was the last day of training and uh, we were kind of wrapping everything up and we had decided to go out into town to do some things. And uh, so we're with this group of people and um, they look at me and they go like, Hey, uh, are you into Jesus? They asked me this question. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they're like, yeah, me too. Which was like, it di- I didn't expect that mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you know, like do what Jesus said. If you don't want to be effed over, don't F anybody over. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a take on the golden rule I haven't quite heard before. Yeah. <laughs> And I think um, following Christ is more than that. Right. Um, I recently heard somebody say, you know, what's interesting is in the Gospels, it talks about the disciples Mm. that follow Christ, and it talks about the crowds Mm. that follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And there's a distinction between the two. And what Jesus says here in that passage you read to us is to the crowds. Yes. Right? If you want to follow me... Mm -hmm. So this isn't something you do when it's convenient. No. This isn't something you do when, you know, you got a little bit of extra time mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Um, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a life where there's has to be that constant pursuit to deny yourself. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about fasting, as you mentioned earlier, yes. within the context of what are the spiritual practices that we can enter into that will position us to experience what God has for us. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things I want to make sure uh, that we emphasize is spiritual disciplines um, don't will only change us up to a, a point, mm. just like uh, choosing to go to the gym, like I can go to the gym and work out, right? Yeah. It, 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 there will be change, but unless I choose to adopt a different posture towards life, that change will probably be rather temporary, mm-hmm. right? So um, I heard an uh, old professor of mine, old meeting, it was a long time ago, um, he said, spiritual disciplines don't change us, but they position us to be changed, hmm. right? So That's good. at the end of the day, the work that needs to happen in my mind, body, and soul is not work that I can do. I mean, I can do it up to a point, yeah. but it's gonna. that's going to be limited. Mm-hmm. So what 
what I want to do is I want to position myself for God's transforming work mm-hmm. to happen within me, that he's the one that is actually initiating this transformation. Yeah. I share that to say, because the minute you start talking about spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that the end game isn't I'm taking control of my own soul formation. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's something that's surrendered to Christ, but there are things we can do to position ourselves for that formation right. to take place. So um, as uh, this is coming out, it's the the um, it's the week of Lent when Lent mm-hmm. begins. Did you grow up? Did you ever see us practice Lent as a family? I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't think you did. No, I think the first time you mentioned it, I thought of Lent in the dryer. Okay, Lent. Lent, yeah. Lent, not Lent. Lent. Well, because exactly, I got um, them confused. Like, I didn't know. Well, if you don't know... You don't know how to listen for the difference, right? (laughs) It's true. So, okay. So let me kind of define this in this. I'm going to define this uh, as Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary defines it on page 1025. Okay. Yeah. For those of you that are tracking. All right. So it says this. Lent is the English word stemming from the Anglo-Saxon word for spring. So in our context, when do we begin Lent? Spring. Not Lent. Lent. Uh, Yeah. The beginning, (laughs) beginning of spring, right? Um, and it's related to the word, uh, length and race because it's kind of around spring. The days start to get longer. Mm. Uh, that refers to the penitential period preceding Easter. So early Christians felt that the magnitude of the Easter celebration, that is Christ is risen from the dead. There's no other, there's no greater news than that. There's no other thing to celebrate than Christ being raised from the dead. That calls for special preparation, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. So it's not a oh yeah, it's Easter this weekend, are we going to church or not? That's not how the early church approached it, right? right? So they said, okay, let's prepare Mm -hmm. for this massive event that took place in human history, okay? So as early as the second century, many Christians observed several days of fasting as part of that preparation. Over the next few centuries, perhaps uh, in remembrance of Jesus's fasting in the 40 days in the wilderness, okay, let me pause right there. So you remember that Christ comes on... So. When we read the Gospels, we get the birth narrative, right? Mm-hmm. The Christmas story. Yeah. Then we jump to Christ finding John, his cousin, mm-hmm. known as John the Baptist, who is baptizing people. And Christ says, I want to be baptized. And he is baptized by John. Spirit descends on him. Father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. And we would generally like say, common thought is that that's the beginning of Christ's ministry. Mm -hmm. So before Christ even does any ministry, though, it is the beginning, he enters into 40 days of temptation in the wilderness. Right. Okay. So that's where the number 40 comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, So the 40 days became the accepted length of Lent, of the Lenten seasons. So since the earliest years of Christianity, it has been considered inappropriate to fast on the day of the resurrection Sundays were not counted in those 40 days. Thus, the Wednesday 46 days before Easter came to be regarded as the beginning of Lent. So if you hear people talking about Ash Wednesday, which we're going to talk about here Mm -hmm. in a second, as people talk about Ash Wednesday and you do the math between when that Ash Wednesday starts and Easter, there's actually 46 days because there's six Sundays. Right. You back out those Sundays, you get the 40 days. Mm -hmm. Why don't, let me ask you this, why don't you, why do you think it's important that we back out those Sundays. Because it's the day of rest. Okay. It is a Sabbath-ish, depending Time, on what... Fi- what you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My Sabbath was a Saturday. But, yeah, okay. That's true. But um, it's more important because on Sunday, you know, in church history, why do we worship on Sunday? Because it's a reminder 
of the resurrection of Christ. Mm. And so each Sunday is to be a reminder that Christ is risen Mm -hmm. and he's coming again. Yes. And so on that day, break your fast. You don't have to fast on that Sunday Mm -hmm. because that's the day when you can kind of reflect on the resurrection of Christ, the new life that he offers us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... In the early centuries, the season before Easter was also using a period of intense training for new Christians. So during this period, so during this Lenten period, mm-hmm. these new Christians who were learning what it meant to follow Christ, they went before the final stages in preparation, and then their baptism, I think this is a beautiful picture, their baptism uh, took place at the dawn of that Easter Sunday. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, if you, I think people should be baptized, period. Right. Um, and I'm not saying people should wait till Easter, but I think it is a beautiful image that over those 40 days, you're discipling folks Mm -hmm. or folks are being discipled Mm -hmm. in the ways of Christ. And you're positioning yourself to be transformed by the spirit. Yeah. And I think there's a, um, like that becomes a marker, right? I was Mm -hmm. baptized Easter Sunday, 2009, whatever the year is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so it becomes this thing that you look back on and you go, man, on that day, the mm-hmm. day that we celebrate the risen Lord, mm. um, the day that Christ conquered death, the day that Christ rose from the dead is the day he, I surrendered, I, I symbolically demonstrated my mm. surrender to him and the yeah. new life I have in Christ. Um, that's powerful. Yeah. So that's, so um, because you and I, like I didn't grow up in a tradition that practiced Lent really. Yeah. We kind of did. I remember it talking about a little bit. You and I haven't really been a part of churches. I heard your eyes crinkle. I did too. Um, see, that's why you got to put it in the cup like I did. I'm okay. I'm sorry. Well, you got me this cup. That's true. I was seeing seeing how much of a pro you were going to be or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> I'm a pro um, drinker. Like <laughs> pro drinker. <Jesus. laughs> anyway Uh, anyway um back to lent not lint (laughs) not lint um where were we i don't even know what i was talking about we practicing you weren't raised yeah we weren't raised we weren't really raised with it so maybe you know we got friends from all kinds of different faith traditions they may have been raised with it so Mm -hmm. but i wasn't so i think sometimes it's good to review it or maybe if you were raised with it you've forgotten what the point of it was, because mm-hmm. this can become a tradition where we forget the meaning behind the tradition. Yeah. Okay, so all of that day, or all of that season of Lent, begins with a day, Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and so this, I'm going to read this definition of Ash Wednesday, um, and this comes from the, uh, the Catholic Encyclopedia, because this is a very... Um, uh, it's a ca- kind of a, the Catholics, I think, have done a good job of maintaining this mm. tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some other denominations out there that have done that well. So I, yeah. and as I was doing my research, I thought this was a good, um, good description of it. So yeah. before I read the description, um, what ha- so the ash, so there's these ashes, right? Yeah. And those, those ashes come from the previous year where there's a, uh, on Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before Easter, mm-hmm. palm branches are used during the worship gathering. Yeah. And then those palm branches are burned. And then the ash, those 
those palm branches turn into ashes and those ashes are preserved for the following year. Yeah. Um, and so if you, in fact, you can go to a lot of Christian stores and you can ask for ashes and they will be coming from palm branches that were burned the previous year. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Ash Wednesday. On this day, uh, Christians, according to ancient tradition, are encouraged to approach the altar. Uh, you know, this is, again, mm-hmm. in a mass context, like coming bo- before mass. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a priest that will dip his thumb into ashes that would be previously breast, blessed, and then um, he's going to mark their forehead with the sign of the cross. And there's a saying he, that the priest would say. He says, remember, man, thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. Uh, and then the ashes are used in this ceremony. Um, as I said, were came from the previous year during mm-hmm. Palm Sunday. Okay, so on Ash Wednesday, every now and then you'll, if you're out in town or something like that, you can see people, you'll see people walking around with like a yeah. little, like ash mark smudge mm-hmm. on their forehead. Have you ever done that? Yes, actually. Where did you, where was that at? Um, we were actually, it was sta- when we were stationed in Spain and Sammy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last name is Johnson. Johnson mm-hmm. led the service, okay, and she did the cross. Yeah, day. Lutheran minister. Yeah, yeah, and we had to like write something we were gonna fast on a oh, sheet of paper. Okay. She gave us like this whole. She walked us through the process, mm-hmm. and we were given like a duty. Okay, like we wrote it down, and we were committed to a, to limiting or sacrificing that from our life during this season of Lent. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of the whole point of the Lent season, right? Right, which initiates with with um, Ash or uh, uh, Ash Wednesday. Have you heard of Mardi Gras? Yes, <laughs> that's. <laughs> do, you, do you know when Mardi Gras takes place? Ash Wednesday, the day before. Ooh, started early. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so the idea is, well, it's it's actually a, several days before. The idea is in you know, uh, particularly in a lot of places, it's just like a lot of drinking and mm-hmm. debauchery and stuff um but the intent is like go live wild before and then you confess all your sins (laughs) (laughs) i mean but like what an overall view of it it's kind of relatable not gonna lie i don't know what that means it's relatable there's like parts in our life where we'll walk into things and we'll be like we'll just ask for forgiveness later yeah i think it's not a good thing no it's not it's, it's not it's what be, you should do. This is not what Christ calls you to. No, he said Christ deny yourself. Go, he yeah, said he deny. Say, deny yourself. I mean, with the exception of the first few days before <laughs> Ash Wednesday, have at it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a, uh, it, you know, and again, that's one of those mm-hmm. when the the meaning and the purpose of the tradition yeah. is lost to just a tradition, mm-hmm. and then it, it just gives freedom or room for the abuse mm. of those things mm-hmm. to, to take place. All right. So the idea is, um, it's called, they call it fat Wednesday, um, <laughs> the Wednesday, you know, Ash Wednesday, before you begin your fast, yeah. fast, like go eat as much as you want, mm-hmm. like go do all the things. Before go you satisfy begin. your hunger before you yeah, go hungry, which is like, that's not the whole point of this. That can lead to gluttony. Like, can you imagine Jesus before the going into the wilderness for 40 days? Hey, John, thanks for baptizing. Hey, y'all party at my place. Barbecue. Holy spirit. I will go into the wilderness once we are done with this hookup. Right. I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> tailgate. Yeah, let's go. Right. Um, 
Like that's not what we see right. in the, in the gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the you know Christ is every moment of his life is being led by the Spirit. So, yeah. uh, I would say like stepping into what God has for you uh, is the critical piece. Mm-hmm. And so, with that said, and we wanted to talk about Ash Wednesday and the role of Lent in the Christian life mm-hmm. as we talk about the practice of fasting. Um, now, I'll be I want to be incredibly transparent on this topic because I have, this is of all the probably spiritual disciplines, Mm -hmm. this is the one I have done the least amount of. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, and so it's definitely a growth area in my life Mm -hmm. that I need to, to pay attention to. So, um, we are going to walk with you through, uh, kind of what the aim of fasting is, Mm -hmm. what keeps us from fasting, and then some reasons to fast. Um, and we're going to move through this rather quickly, yeah. Um, because where we're getting this from, and this is one of the things we want to do uh, through this podcast, is we want to push you to other resources that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can, you know, we'll kind of like help curate some really good things that are out yeah. there for folks, so that they can kind of step into other resources, learn about other authors or other ministries mm-hmm. uh, for them to be able to uh, to take advantage of. So. What we're going to lay out uh, is from uh, a website called Practicing the Way. As I said, there's a book that just came out by John Mark Homer and um, called Practicing the Way. But they established this website where they break down um, the different spiritual disciplines. They focus on nine specifically. Mm-hmm. Fasting is one of those. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. But then just as an overview for the site, there's a whole... You have to log in to get access to these things. It's all free, mm-hmm. but there's videos, there's small group discussions, there's workbooks, mm-hmm. um, like for private devotions to come back yeah. and share with your community group. It is like the caliber of of um, material that's here mm-hmm. is some of the highest I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's all free. We love that. Free is a pretty good price. It is. So, um, so with that said... All right. Uh, the aim of fasting. Mm-hmm. Do you want to walk walk us through that? Yeah, yeah. So the aim of fasting is to get in touch with our hunger for God. Um, hunger is the state of wanting or needing something you do not have. Um, when we fast, we awaken our body and soul to its deep yearning for life with the Father. Okay, so that's straightforward. Yeah. We don't need to comment on that. No. Okay, so... The question then becomes, what keeps us from it? Yeah, yeah. The influences of the Enlightenment. Yeah, what does that mean? The emphasis of reason and individualism over tradition. Uh, You're really good at reading. I am, actually. (laughs) Bullet points are my go-to. So the Enlightenment, are you familiar with the Enlightenment? The movement, like in the... 1700... 1800... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, which... Over tradition, right? right? So if you think of... Um, For instance, like movements of art changed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So the movements of art changed. The way we lived in our cities changed. Mm-hmm. The way business was done changed. The way uh, geopolitics... Like every, every part of our life yeah. at that time, a human existence was deeply impacted mm-hmm. by the Enlightenment. So not a small thing, no. but some underlying philosophical mm-hmm. tenures was making decisions based upon their reasonableness and a sense of individuality, mm-hmm. right? So 
um, America is a result of the Enlightenment. Yeah. Right? The way we think, very individual, very mm-hmm. reasonable, right? We are a nation of laws. Yes. Right? So it so it's not all bad. The Enlightenment no. wasn't a bad thing necessarily, but it's like anything. It challenged tradition. It challenged tradition. So as a result, people, you know, well, this is what's reasonable. This is what's good for me. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. Tradition, oftentimes traditions are about doing things that might not be good for you. Yeah. You should do them anyway. And you're being called into community as you are doing those things. Mm. So the question isn't, is it good for you? The the question is, is it good for the community? And the Enlightenment very much challenged Mm -hmm. that notion. So when you think about fasting, um, well, do I need to, like reasonably, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like, do I need to fast? Like, do I need to fast to have a relationship with the Lord? No. But it is a discipline you should improve on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or right? Start. So, so it's kind of go like, well, no, I don't need it. And then you kind of go, okay, well, do you think it would be healthy mm-hmm. to fast with others and to enter into a community of, of creating restraint mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. around your consumption of food? Yeah. To which the answer would be like, why? Why would I care about doing that with community? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Like my walk with God is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it, more power to you. I'm super happy. For, I'll, <laughs> yeah, be a, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah. I'll be a source of encouragement. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are taking a step of obedience and doing this thing that obviously you need to do. You feel called to. Like, <laughs> but me, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to go back to bed after prayer meeting. Like, I think I'm going to go find my rest. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of that. So I would say to anybody out there, if that's kind of the, if you find your mind and attitude mm-hmm. kind of slipping mm-hmm. to that sort of a posture towards any of the spiritual practices, yeah. then chances are you are, um, you you know, the one thing to step back and consider is like, is this consistent with the, the tone and attitude of life mm. that the scriptures are calling me to? Yeah. Um, okay. Second one, cultural hedonism. Mm-hmm. Um, so hedonism is the, the pursuit of pleasure, sensual self-indulgence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one way I, I like to think about it today is the, the value and the priority of, uh, of, of pleasure, comfort, and safety. Mm. I think that's like modern day hedonism. Yeah. Um, how do you see that? Like with, with, with the, the folks that you go to school with, and I'm not asking you to call anybody out, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But like culturally, what do you, how do you see that? Like this sort of cultural hedonism that prioritizes comfort, pleasure, safety. I think when, when you're talking about it, it made me think of, um, what's the word? Oh my word. It's like, it starts with the C. I just had it. Mm. You, you <laughs> I have no idea. <gasps> convenience. Oh, convenience. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the main one. Or okay. if it's like, if it's not, if I can, you know, I'm trying to think. No, I don't. Oh, it should be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think. I wasn't prepared to answer Oh, you weren't prepared to answer this one? Not questions. It's not written on the workbook. <laughs> well, this is, this is supposed to be it's part be of the conversation. It's be a conversation. be part of the conversation. Um, okay. Let's take, for instance, fast food. Okay. Okay. I go to school yeah. with a bunch of kids who are always late. Okay. They come in with their tardy passes, but they're never empty handed. They always come in okay. <laughs> with Starbucks oh. or Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And 
I feel like when you have pleasure on your mind. Yeah. And how am I going to get through this day? Okay. Mm. And if that means I'm late to my priorities, that's fine. I'm going to seek what I think is best for my life Mm -hmm. instead of relying on the importance of others or judgment of others or getting other people's input. That's a great example. So they go out and spend all this money that I'm like, you could save that up for a grand adventure to Europe. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Do you know how much money you're spending? I mean, hey, they're getting like their taste buds are probably satisfied. Yeah. But um, I just think also convenience of it gets in the way. DoorDash. We've Mm. had deliveries drawn to our school that the teachers then take and eat. Like, they're not delivering it to the student. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, because the teachers ordered it? No, because the students ordered it. Ordered it it and the Mm -hmm. teacher ends up eating it? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, you can't do that. Sucks to be you. Yep. So... (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because how many times have people been late to church, worship Mm. a holy and utmost God because they were swinging by Starbucks. Right, with their coffee. (laughs) Late to worship. This is not me trying to knock Starbucks or fast food. We love fast food. We are a family. (laughs) Love that. Do we? Yeah, once a week. Friday night pizzas. Oh, Friday night pizzas. Yeah. Um. That's true. <laughs> the, um, you know, and I heard a, because I think this even plays this this idea, this sort of cultural hedonism that I want my pleasure and, mm-hmm. and how that can get in the way of our pursuit of Christ. I was listening to a podcast where Louis Giglio was being interviewed. We, I love Louis Giglio. I, yeah, I know you do. Um, and he made this comment about how at his church, he he began to notice that people were walking in with worship with a coffee in one hand. And he said, I, and so this is like a video podcast, mm-hmm. right? So he's standing there and he's like, I don't, I don't know how you hold your coffee and worship God. Mm. Like you can't raise your hands. No, you can't like, you can't, put, you can't posture yourself. You can't po- physically posture yourself with a coffee in your hands. Yeah. Cause then if you like start swaying and it spills on you, like yeah, that's, it yeah. gets in the way of your connection with Christ. Yeah. Now I heard that and I went. like that's so i mean i didn't think about it in those terms Mm. and so it was very convicting that um i'm not a i i don't get very demonstrative when i worship um are you sure yeah okay i i know you know this i know you stand on the chairs and start dancing around charismatic yeah you gotta rein me in um (laughs) (laughs) um I'm just like that's not it, but you know, yeah. and I'm not even like that at ball games. I don't get super excited at ball games, generally speaking. Right. Like I'm pretty in crowd, you know, environments. I'm pretty even keeled. Yeah. My point is, as a result, it was easy for me to justify standing there holding, holding my coffee. coffee. <laughs> and but when he said that, I was like, oh wait a minute, I'm prioritizing the pleasure of me having a warm cup of coffee in my mm. hands over. The worship of a God who's eternal mm-hmm. over the worship of a God who is all loving and all truth and who has given the best of heaven for my soul. Yeah. And I'm going, I'm holding my coffee going like, hey, you know, really appreciate that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So again, one of the reasons that would that keep us from uh, stepping into fasting, or I, I would even argue any sort of posture towards God 
that is that is that self-denial Christ was talking yes. about. Yes. Um, okay, another reason why that keeps us from fasting is the widespread availability of food because of modern agribusiness. Kind of like what we were talking about. Yeah. Good segue. As far as... Fast food. Yeah, like fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, even just going to the grocery yeah. store. You know, the grocery stores are full. And, you know, when we lived in Spain for that little while... Um, that challenged us. <laughs> well, it did because this what we would expect to find at grocery stores here in the States, you could find in Spain, but it was a totally different shopping it experience. Um, I've been in some countries where you walked into the grocery store and there weren't any groceries in the store mm. because they hadn't gotten their shipment in that week. Yeah. Um, or maybe they had, but by the time it got to them, mm. it had spoiled, right? So yeah. we're living in a time, you know, there was a time that you, we raised our own, our own food. Yeah. I, I think I read, it was a couple weeks ago I read, like at one point, 80% of American culture was agriculture. So 80% of people were grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Now it's 1%. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they're and they're producing more food now than ever before. Mm. Like produ- the production of food is not our problem. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a whole other... Yeah, yeah. We could go down a rabbit hole with that. Um, okay, number four. The other thing, that, the, the fourth reason mm-hmm. uh, that we are kept from fasting. The false advertising of the food industry telling us that we need three meals a day. Yeah. Um, and so to be clarified, we don't want people to live unhealthy lives. Right. So when we look at fasting, it's not about living unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And this is where I feel like we need like some kind of disclaimer about contacting your medical physician. Yeah. Um, having said that, mm-hmm. do we really need three meals a day? No. Maybe two. Yeah. Breakfast and dinner. Like you don't need a lot. Yeah. Um, Okay, so there's that. Maybe mm-hmm. needing to rethink what our yeah our meal times are. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is the confusion of appetite with hunger, which I thought was a really good oh. good point. Mm-hmm. Right. So I may be, I may we 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 don't say like man I have a really strong appetite right now. Most people don't say that. What do they say? I'm hungry. Man, I'm hungry. Mm. Like, why well, are you hungry? I'm so hungry for a Big Mac or Chipotle. Mm. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood. Right. Mm. Do you know what I could go for? I could go. I'm so hungry for a like fill in the blank. Yeah. When it's really your appetite. I could eat a horse. Exaggerating. <laughs> that didn't really <laughs> apply. <laughs> Can we take uh, that out? No. Okay. We're gonna leave that in. Um, we're not gonna try to take stuff out. We want this it's to a be a humbling as, experience. I know. It's, <laughs> this is why. Hey. So. This is why we got our friends listening. That's true. They love us. They want what's best for us. Yeah. Hey, Larry. They know us. Yeah. We should start going down the list. Hey, Larry. How are you doing? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. So, appetite and mm-hmm. hunger. And I would I would uh, say, you know, as we're going through these things, um, try to figure out maybe where you need to sort of rethink some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, number six is the struggle with disorder eating and body shame. Oh. Those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, our relationship with food in, in Western culture is everybody has a relationship with food yep, to some degree. And the question is, is that healthy or not healthy? Mm. Um, and then seven, you want to read number seven for us? Our cultural emphasis on the mind over the body. Yeah. So right now, you know, I'm amazed at how quickly, 
I've seen this happen in just the last seven, eight years of how quickly the, the folks I'm talking with have a, have a pretty, um, I don't want to say strong grasp, but they have a grasp on uh, some measure of psychology for their mind. Like they'll talk about, I need to take a mental health day. Do you know how many times I heard that 10 years ago? Zero. Hardly <laughs> yeah. ever. And it was somebody that's like, mental health day. You're like, well, my, I'm in therapy. And they would say it with like real quiet. Like yeah. they didn't want people to know. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I was talking to my therapist. And they're like, I totally need a mental health day. And somebody would be like, oh yeah, my therapist said the exact same thing. And it's, right. so it's a kind of a common thing right now. It's becoming overpopularized. Well, I mean, it is, it is popularized, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. And I think there is something healthy about it, right? I think it's good to know how the brain works and press into all of those things. Yeah. But when you're saying it once a week, it's like, okay. Well, and I, but I think some of it is like, people are like, I need to take a mental health day. And there's sometimes like, okay, great. But you also need to take Mm -hmm. a physical fitness day. That's (laughs) (laughs) And people are like, no, I I can't. My shoulder's bad. (laughs) (laughs) so So, you know now so think about that Mm. right so think about where like taking a mental health day is at in our culture just that phrase yeah yeah and then taking out the word mental and put in the word physical i need to take a physical health day you never hear that people don't say that Mm -hmm. or spiritual health day oh Rarely. I should I've, use that I've more often. I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah. Right? And it's because we've prioritized mental health. And, and I would argue, and again, I'm not against mental health. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened is is we culturally right mm-hmm. now, uh, and it's a culture that is not interested in what God thinks. Yeah. We have, uh, we're trying to disentangle the role of the mind from the need to be physically healthy and mm-hmm. to be spiritually healthy. And we may talk about some spiritual health. Yeah. And I am seeing some some conversations around that that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in a Christ-centered way, yeah. um, but there is a kind of a refreshed conversation of people talking about, well, what could spiritual health look like? Um, but it's I think it's because, one, this is my, totally my opinion right now, but I think um, we are quickly coming up to... The, People are realizing that the ceiling of overall personal well-being being achieved through just focusing on mental health is being reached. Mm. In other words, I've been focusing on this. I've been going to therapy. I've been reading these books. I've been taking my mental health days. Mm-hmm. I'm da 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 Why do I still ache deep within my soul? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's not enough. Yeah. Um, it's good. Practice mental health. Not opposed yeah. to that. But we are both mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, which leads to uh, reasons some of the to fast. Reasons to fast. Yeah. Um, so again, like I said, this is all information we sort of lifted out of the the workbook mm-hmm. from the practicing the way on fasting. And so our encouragement. They go into far more detail. There's even some more teachings along these lines where they get into some of the details of the stuff in ways that we are not going over. So, real quickly, we're going to walk through these. Uh, these reasons to yeah, fast. Yeah. Um, so the first one you want to read. Yeah, the, to the offer. One? We want to offer ourselves to Jesus. That's one of our main priorities when we fast. Yeah. Especially in a spiritual context. I mean, you meet people who fast who aren't spiritual. To like get fit or to decrease their carbs or, um, but when we fast in the spiritual way, we want to position ourselves, like you said, in a way that we can be transformed by God. Mm-hmm. So we put ourselves in a vulnerable position mm-hmm. where you're taking a need out of us. 
where we're putting ourselves and we're we're putting <laughs> we're putting ourselves in a place uh-huh. where we take out a need that we need so that we can I'm so sorry. Why are you sorry? No, like I should have just stopped. Why? I'm listening. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I s- over explained it. You did a what, what did you do? It was my phone. Oh, okay. This is very real. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I guess I don't know what's what's the point you're trying to make? When we fast. Yes. We want to offer ourselves to Jesus yeah. because we are taking a need out of our lives. So that the Lord can work through us. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's so, what oh, I meant oh, to okay, say. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. Well, you know what? Sometimes it takes a little while to get those, it does. those words. A little kinda... oops and ums yeah. and I shouldn't okay. have said that. But we got there. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um yeah. And I, okay. So, and in, in we talked about this before we hit recording. One of the things I want to be clear on as we're going through mm-hmm. this is that we are talking about fasting from food. Yes. We are not talking about, and, and it, so this is one of the, as we were talking before we yeah. hit record is, okay. So, so dear friend that is listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. one, what we were talking about was how there are folks that will say, oh yeah, I'm gonna pr- I'm gonna enter into Lent. I'm gonna fast from social media. Yeah. Okay, got it. Or I'm gonna fast from television. Or I'm gonna fast from Starbucks. Or I'm gonna fast from chocolate. Or I'm fast from pick your thing. Yeah. Whatever that is. Great. And if God is asking you to do that, mm-hmm. I am not gonna tell you it's wrong or inappropriate. What I do want to highlight though is is that fasting from food is different than fasting from social media. Mm -hmm. Because fasting from food is about stopping something you need for a period of time so that you can cultivate your need Mm -hmm. for God. Versus. Versus I'm going to sacrifice something I want Mm -hmm. to cultivate my need for Christ, like those two things don't match up, yeah. right? I got to sacrifice something I need to cultivate a need, mm-hmm. right? I think, unfortunately, what ended up happening is that people will sacrifice something they want, a pleasure they enjoy, mm-hmm. because they view God as something they want, mm. someone to be enjoyed, which God is to be enjoyed, yeah. and we should want God. But more importantly, we should need him mm-hmm. above all else. And that's the role of fasting yeah, is yeah. to cultivate that kind of longing uh in our souls so reason to fast offer ourselves up to christ second is uh, to grow in holiness mm. um so you know the word holy uh sometimes it's translated as sacred it, it means to uh to be separate to be set apart to be other mm. than right so if somebody has a sacred pick like yeah. it means it means set apart for a holy purpose or a sacred purpose mm-hmm. right and so if we are to be holy people, we're to be set apart for his purposes, his yeah. divine, his sacred purposes, not the purposes of the world, mm-hmm. not the purposes of my desires, mm-hmm. or my wants or my needs, but to kind of go like, no, I want to grow in this way mm-hmm. that allows me to cultivate a longing uh, and a need to live for yeah. God exclusively in my life. Um, okay, you want to read the third yeah. one? We want to amplify our amplify our prayers 
So talk me through that. Because what uh, right now we're doing something as a church. Yeah, 21 days of prayer. Yeah. We go to the Church Liberty Live Church, in case you guys for one and curious. Yeah, Liberty Live uh, dot church is the website if you want to check yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so every day we meet at 6 a.m. during the weekdays, and then on Saturday we meet at 9 a.m. And it's a, it's not your typical prayer meeting. It's you come to church, you hear a small message, and then they let you talk to God for like 30 minutes. You find a spot, you position yourself um, to bring things to God, to um, ask for prayer requests, be in a community where other people are practicing that same thing. And then you come back and worship, and then you close, and you end around 7, and you start your day. You, people go to work, people go to school, um, and they break. So it's for 21 days. Um, now, one of the things that was spoken during that was when you come to, when you put your when you put yourself in a position um, to talk to God, you need to make sure you're praying for what God wants you to pray for. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's really easy to be like, hey, God, take me out of the situation. Like, there's nothing I can do. Like, I mean, there might be positions you can't do. That could be um, health reasons. That could be um, maybe financial reasons. But um, you need to dig up um, unhealthy things in your life mm -hmm. so that God can work in it. Mm -hmm. God's not going to come into your life and fill you up. You need to actually make space in your spirit and in your soul for God to come in. Mm. God's not going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. He's going to put that offer out there in reach where you can accept that. Mm -hmm. But um, that, so by amplifying your prayers, um, it can really put a lens on your spirit where these are the things I need to be praying for. So like while fasting, you know, you take out a meal or two and you just eat one meal or two meals a day and you're praying every time you're hungry, every time mm -hmm. your stomach's mm -hmm. starving or, you know, that's that awkward gurgly sound mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the quiet, the quietest moments. And you're like, I'm so sorry. Like, mm -hmm. but then that's your moment. Like I need to praise God. Like mm -hmm. I am still doing this. This is a reminder that I'm doing this for his will. Yeah. And I will con like, I will stand firm. What's this gurgly sound? Why sh is that a reason for me to eat food? Like, mm. let this be a testimony mm. that I will endure this faith. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about my rant. I just felt really passionate about it. No, that was good. And I think there's a, um, I, I think you're right. Sometimes we pray from a place of comfort, mm -hmm. right? We, and I just don't mean like the chair I'm sitting in is comfortable. But I'm I'm not going to pray with others because I'm uncomfortable if I pray out loud, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or I'm not going to raise my hands in prayer. Or I'm not going to mm. kneel and pray. Or I'm not going to because those things aren't comfortable to me. Mm. Um, and by stepping into fasting, you are you are embracing something that is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and when we do that, it kind of brings a lot of clarity. Mm. It's not like it makes our prayers louder. You know, right. it's not like the Lord's like, yo, though I can tell that guy's been fasting. Boy's prayers are super loud today. Right? It doesn't <laughs> yeah. amplify, meaning the volume gets turns yeah. up. It's it's on our side of the house, right? Yeah. It, 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 it echoes more in our soul, mm. our longing and our desires and what we want him to do because of that prayer that we, because of what we've chosen to do without. 
It's made the room for the space for that prayer to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last thing is stand with the poor. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really easy to forget what it's like to be hungry, mm. um, what it's like to not. I mean, we've been blessed. Mm-hmm. Like there's never been a time where I've opened up the refrigerator and it's empty and I don't know how to put anything in it. There's been times I've opened it up and something I want isn't there and we put it on the grocery list or I text your mom who's at the store, hey, make sure you pick up, (laughs) you know, whatever, guacamole. And she's like, it wasn't on the list. (laughs) Um, So we we very much always lived in a place of, and I'm grateful for it. Like the Lord has been incredibly, we've been incredibly blessed, Mm -hmm. but it's as a result, it's very easy to forget that there are people on this planet that right now Mm -hmm. don't know where their next meal is coming from. That's true. Um, they don't know what it's like to um, go to bed full. Mm. Um, they know what it's like to go to bed and have those hunger pains. Mm-hmm. And I think stepping into fasting reminds us of that reality and yeah. the the kingdom responsibility mm-hmm. that we have yeah. to those that are in need. All right. That was a great, like a great episode, Ed. Did good you, topic. Yeah, it is a good. I mean... Uh, I'm glad we did this and I'm glad it's lining up with the kickoff of, you know, Lent and Mm -hmm. and looking into the app, because I think if, if folks would step into really that season of, um, kind of looking forward to Easter from a place of longing, Mm. right. From that place of desire. Um, I think it could change perhaps even the way they're stepping Mm -hmm. into Easter this year. So let's talk about what we're going to fast from. Not mm. not now. Yeah, yeah. But at a later time. Yeah, definitely. All right. There's this quote that I want to close with. Mm. It comes from St. Basil the Great. Fasting gives birth to prophets. She strengthens the powerful. Fasting makes lawgivers wise. She is a safeguard for the soul. A steadfast companion with the body. A weapon for the brave. And a discipline for champions. Fasting repels temptations, anoints for godliness. She is a companion for sobriety, Hmm. the crafter of a sound mind. In wars, she fights bravely. In peace, she teaches tranquility. It's pretty powerful stuff, Dad. Hey, if you haven't already, feel free to follow us yeah, yeah. on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you could leave us a review, that would help us as well. Uh, if you have any feedback that you would like to provide us directly, you can email us at info at thisresilientsoul.com. And uh, we'll get that and reply to you right away. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope as you uh, take steps towards Christ that um, you'll discover how absolutely incredible and amazing he is. Yes, yes. Yes.